podcast, we herald the one eternal redemptive purpose of God as it culminates and fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ in the new covenant. Hello, welcome back again to another episode of uh, the new In Living Way podcast and I'm your uh, regular host, um, uh, Rudy Pineda, live here in the United Arab Emirates in Abu Dhabi. I'd like to welcome uh, all of our viewers uh, across the world. First, uh, in the Philippines, magandang gabi uh, sa inyong lahat dyan, sa lahat ng mga nanonood. And here in the UAE, magandang hapon, it's 4 p.m. And we'd also like to greet uh, all our uh, regular uh, listeners to our audio podcast as uh, being streamed after this uh, live podcast being streamed in various platform, audio, pl- uh, audio podcast platform like uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, uh, Radio Public, and many other uh, podcasts. So thank you very much for uh Tuning in and all to all our viewers, uh, thank you very much for your uh, support. And today is uh, another episode that uh, is an exposition of uh, the Word of God. And today I will do the exposition, and I'm privileged to do the exposition of uh, a passage in the epistle of uh, Peter in the second epistle of peter that i will try to i will try to unpack this uh, wonderful truths of uh, the lord jesus christ's uh, second coming that pertains to his uh, what we call parousia so uh, before we do that uh, if there are any new viewers in in the podcast would like to welcome them as early as now uh, as you know last week uh, there was some problem there was some problem with uh, with our audio in, the, in our new segment when it comes to the church in focus segment yung bagong segment there was some problem so today i already fixed it and before I show that, I'd like to uh, give this time to acknowledge uh, our early viewers that you can uh, you can greet, you can shout out, you can uh, uh, post comments uh, as early as now or questions that you might want to ask before the end of the podcast that we, we will uh, discuss, or we will answer. So... Uh, there are some early viewers here that I can see. I think it's my wife. She loves Karen. Uh, she yung ngayon. And we are now uh, in episode episode one. Episode sorry, episode seven of our season two or series uh, two. So for this year, we have already we are we are now on episode. Uh, seven. So, uh, if you have uh, greetings, shout out, just 
just put it there in the comment box whether you are in youtube or in this facebook we are both live in those in these two platform so uh maraming salamat for for tuning in early so then uh, we will go and proceed with our uh, new segment in the podcast which is uh, church in uh, focus church in focus this uh, segment this new segment is uh, we are featuring we are featuring uh, churches uh, specifically those who those who hold uh, what we call the theology of uh, the new covenant or uh, new covenant theology those churches who hold to uh, the new uh, covenant theology as i always uh, introduce in in the intro in the intro of the video that says uh, the new covenant is the eter- the one eternal purpose redemptive purpose of god as uh, revealed progressively first in in the old testament through the biblical covenants uh, the covenants with uh, Abraham, with Noah, and with the Mosaic covenant or the old covenant, and progressively revealed, and it culminates uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, the new covenant in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that was cut by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in the new covenant. So the churches that are we call NCT are those who focus those who who centered on the new covenant as it cuts by the gospel by the blood of our lord uh, jesus christ so uh, we have uh, distinctives we have seven distinctives or essential for new covenant theology and uh, this podcast is the official podcast of uh uh, NCT Tambayan Group is a loose uh, fellowship and uh, a forum where uh, these groups are adherents of New Covenant Theology and also churches. We have uh, listed uh, a number of churches uh, around the Philippines who holds to the New Covenant Theology. So not only New Covenant Theology, but also its uh, sibling called sibling uh, the progressive uh, covenant co- progressive covenantalism as it uh, recently being represented so if you would like to if you are interested to join uh, nct tambayan group or the loose fellowship of uh, new covenant theology churches just visit our our fb page nct new co- nct tambayan new covenant theology in the philippines so you can ask to join there are some qualifications and you might uh, if you if you are believing in the new covenant theology as your distinctives and progressive uh, covenant talisim uh, so you can join our our group so without further ado uh, i'll introduce uh, you to uh, the Apologia Gospel Church. Apologia Gospel Church is, if I'm not mistaken, this is the 
this is the the top supporter or I mean, the, the the top supporter of this podcast and the NCT Tambayan group. They are the we have here uh, Leonard as uh, one of our moderators and also expositor in the podcast uh, and contributor. So without further ado, I'll uh, play the uh, audiovisual presentation of uh, Apologia Gospel Church. Apologia Gospel Church is an evangelical Christian church committed to loving God and loving one another and proclaiming and defending the gospel of Jesus Christ. This local church was born on March 17, 2019 as the result of answered prayers of two groups of Christians, a Bible study group praying about planting a church in the heart of Metro Cebu and another group praying for a pastor to lead them. These two groups were brought together by an apologetic seminar held at the Cebu Graduate School of Theology. Over the years, God has graciously added men and women from different walks of life, united by the gospel of Jesus Christ and the salvation he brings. Our name, Apologia, comes from our passion. 1 Peter 3.15 says, In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So to this end, we exist to proclaim and defend the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. This gospel that we seek to proclaim, defend, and live our lives with is the gospel of God's grace. God's grace towards sinners. God-hating, rebellious sinners like you and me. And amazingly, God demonstrated this love, this grace, by sending His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King, to die on the cross for us, for us sinners. And Christ defeated death and sin by raising up on the third day. Now God calls sinners to repent and believe. Repent of their sin and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ through the message of this gospel. Thus, as a church, we seek to shape our lives and ministries in the light of the gospel of the kingdom of God. As a church, we firmly uphold the authority of scripture and the inerrancy of scripture. We also uphold the doctrines of God's sovereign mercy, sovereign grace, also, we uphold the five solas of the Reformation. We also affirm the New Covenant theology, which is the progressive unfolding of God's plan of salvation to save sinners and bring them into the kingdom of His Son. Our church is led by a plurality of elders. Currently, we have three, Pastor Ryan Irma, Paul Examen, that's me, and Pastor Leonard Castaneda. And the elders are also supported by plurality of deacons and deaconesses. And as a congregational church, we labor to equip the saints for the good works that God prepared beforehand through gospel partnership. We praise and thank God for the various opportunities, the various doors that He has opened to us. 
the two years that our church has been in existence. We had the opportunity to help translate the track into Cebuano, which we eventually used also for street evangelism and to do evangelism in various uh, workplaces and various opportunities. Doors were also open for us to do a regular Bible study in one of the workplaces in Mandawi City until the pandemic struck. Then right now we are engaged with various communities where we are able to bring some help some feeding and ultimately share the gospel of Jesus Christ to families and to children living in the communities. It is our hope and prayer that one day, if the Lord wills, this will result in a community church being planted right there in their barangay where it is accessible to all and where it can serve as a gospel witness to their community. We pray that as we engage in these things, we would also be part of a coalition, a network of like-minded, gospel-centered, Christ-centered churches that are also passionate in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. We're on that way uh, through a network of churches, through pastor friends, both here in Cebu and throughout the Philippines. And we pray that this would eventually bring to fruition a unified witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ. As a church, we pray that we would be faithful to the law of Christ, we would be faithful to the command to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, with all our soul, with all our mind, and all our strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves. It is our prayer that we would be faithful to the command to love one another because this love is the mark that we are truly the disciples of Jesus Christ. If you are in Metro Cebu and you are looking for a gospel-centered, Christ-centered church. Apolohia Gospel Church meets on Sundays at 2 p.m. in AS Fortuna, Mandawa City. You may reach us through our Facebook page. You may also view our sermons on YouTube. We upload them on a regular basis after the service and they are preached in Cebuano and English. We are deliberately targeting Metro Cebu, Visayas, and Mindanao. The gospel is our passion and is our delight. It is an opportunity for us to be part of this work of Christ, to be used in however little way to bring the light, to bring the gospel to others who need it the most. Thank you for listening and God bless you. So that's uh, Apologia Gospel Church. Uh, that's uh, further south in Cebu, in Visaya, uh, in Mandawi City. So if you are looking for for a gospel-centered church, uh, who also the New Covenant Theology, you can check their website or their Facebook page or YouTube uh, channel. So today, as I've said, uh, it's a new episode. Uh, we are on the series two or season two. And we are right now in episode uh, seven. Episode seven. And it's my privilege to, to expound uh, the word of God today uh, in this episode seven. 
as uh, we entitled this I entitled this uh, Jesus Christ uh, the majestic glory of the new covenant and the certainty of his uh, parousia so it's uh, the Lord Jesus Christ who is uh, the, the, the majestic glory of the Lord Jesus Christ as it reflects in the new covenant and in his uh, in the certainty by this majestic glory it's a certainty in the transfiguration that it is a certain that the Lord Jesus Christ would come or the his his parousia his parousia meaning the presence or the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is of certain uh, event in the future so uh, as I introduce this subject, this is quite uh, uh, this is quite difficult. That in the study of uh, eschatology, in the study of uh, the last things or the end days, it's fraught with with difficulties. It's fraught with controversy as how uh, we should define eschatology. Eschatology, when it comes to uh, at the present, we are looking, we are uh, referring to that to that eschaton. They call it eschaton or the end of all things, the culmination of all things, where Jesus Christ would come. He would come back for the second time to culminate all things. And eschatology is, uh, as I said, is fraught with difficulties and controversy when how should we define exactly what is eschatology some people are uh, a fan of eschatology as uh, you know those uh, those people who are fan of end times as we call that they want to predict every event or everything that happens in this world and they will uh, figure out all these things and they will say ah this is already the end times but uh, the backdrop of eschatology, if we, if we should define this, is eschatology as it relates to God's uh, revelation, divine revelation, from uh, the Old Testament to the New Testament. In the backdrop of eschatology, that God has revealed, uh, directly revealed himself in the Old Testament through the prophets, by the by various prophecies from the old creation to the unfolding of the covenants and right here now in the new covenant to the Lord Jesus Christ that is uh, th th there is a backdrop of eschatology there that uh, the new testament is saying we are uh, in the last days we are in the last days we are living in the last days as uh, prominently uh, highlighted in the New Testament. In a highlight yan sa, sa pages ng New Testament that we are in the, last, in the last days. Why? Because of Christ's coming as the inauguration when the Lord Jesus Christ come, He inaugurated this uh, eschatology that we are in the last days ever since the Lord came and incarnated and died on the cross and resurrected and now seated in the right hand of God. So we are living in the last days. And what we are awaiting as Christians, 
is the blessed and the glorious coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the, the center or the, or the main theme of this uh, study, that uh, this uh, topic of uh, Jesus Christ's uh, majestic glory in the transfiguration as, it, as we will see in this uh, chapter of Second Peter. Now let us open uh, in that uh, portion of the scripture. Let us open that as we see now. I will read in this uh, ESB, ESB Bible, Second uh, Peter one sixteen to uh, twenty one. I try to, I will try to uh, I'll try to expound this portion of verse 16 to verse 21. But uh, before we do that, we see we see the background, the background of uh, uh, the second epistle of uh, uh, Peter is written uh, primarily to the to the Christians as uh, scattered all over Cappadocia, uh, uh, as you can see there in the first Peter, uh, the background of this uh, uh, this letter, the second letter of Peter, that uh, he describes those people, those who are false prophets, those false prophets who twisted the who twisted the gospel, who twisted the Christian truth, and especially. Uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel, that uh, this this uh, heretics, what we call heretics or false prophets, are uh, refuting the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the the parusha. Now here, uh, the 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 style of uh, Peter in second in second Peter is rhetorical. It's apologetic. It's uh, rhetorical to encourage uh, the Christians behind these people who are uh, scoffing and uh, maligning the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ coming. So Peter is focusing on this chapter one and two about uh, you know when he said in uh, in. Uh, in verse 3 that he said about this gospel that is divine you know his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called out to his own glory and excellence by which he granted us his precious and great promises that we might become partakers of the divine nature. That promise of the gospel, the promise of the, the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the great promises is uh, uh, founded, is uh, fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we might become partakers of the divine 
nature that we have escaped as a believer, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of the sinful, sinful desire. So by the knowledge of the gospel, we have obtained uh, a faith, according to Peter in verse 1. That is with the equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The gospel of the, the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, through faith we can obtain. And those believers have obtained this uh, righteousness of God and Savior, of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And enumerate those things that uh, by this virtue we can know the the true marks of uh, a true believer, a true uh, who have uh, believed the gospel by these virtues that when you say, uh, make every effort to, to, to make your calling and election sure by these virtues, you know, add knowledge uh, with self-control, add self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. So in for this, in verse 8, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So yan yung kanyang backdrop ng kanyang, uh, uh, yan, kanyang uh, yan yung context of uh, chapter 1. Now, when we go to chapter uh, chapter, still in chapter 1, in verse 16, we see here that uh, is introducing this uh, portion that he says here that, uh, let's go there. When he said that in verse 16, for we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you. We never followed this myth, this clever myths. Huh? Now, this new covenant uh, gospel that Peter is proclaiming or Peter is uh, trying to defend apologetically is... Uh, part is a part of the gospel of Christ and it's not a man-made stories. Hindi siya uh, myth or, or, or fable or tale, but of divine revelation. Now, if we see that in the, in the original, yung cleverly devised is, uh, it means... Uh, uh, yung yung sophist don is uh, wisdom where we can where we derive philosophy sophist wisdom love of wisdom yung philosophy but here is cleverly devised as if it's wise so you concoct yung yung con, you concoct a knowledge or a wisdom that is believable and uh, Peter is defending that this uh, gospel which includes the, the, the parousia, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, is of divine revelation. It's not a man-made uh, concoction. It's not a tale, it's not a fable, but of divine 
Revelation. So, sa verse uh, 17, sa verse, uh, sa verse 16, we can see that here, the apostles did not follow cleverly devised myths. No? As I have said. Now, Peter, Peter is refuting the notions in chapter 3, verse 4. Makikita natin yan, that he is refuting the, the scoffers. The notion that all the prophecies of Christ's coming was mere, mere stories. Just a mere stories and nothing more. And uh, inven invented by them as charged by the false prophets in 2 Peter 3.4. Let's see that. Let us see that. Chapter 3, verse 4, sabi dito. Uh, dito sa verse 4. Uh, we can start with chapter, with verse 1. This is now the second letter that I am writing, beloved, if in both of them, I'm stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. And verse 4, they will say, where is the promise? Where is the promise of his coming? So, for ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were the, as they were from the beginning of creation. So they are saying, "Oh, uh, time and time again, it continues from creation. All the cycle, walang walang nangyayare. Where is the promise of Christ coming? So where?" Is this promise that these scoffers are saying? So in turn, they are they are um, aligning the prophets, the Old Testament prophecies pertaining to uh, this parusha, this the Lord Jesus Christ ushering His kingdom when He comes again. Now the whole issue, the whole issue of Peter's apologetic is that. They are being charged as they are. They concocted this Christ, a majestic, glorious, majestic and glorious coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the certainty of the second coming of the Parusha as part of the new covenant gospel of Christ is clearly preached and taught by Peter and the other apostles in Acts three nineteen, in Acts ten forty two. Let us open that portion. It's we can see that in the teachings of uh, the apostles in Acts that this is what they proclaim as part of the gospel. Acts 3.19.21 Acts 3.19.21 When they preach the gospel, this is part of the gospel that uh, the apostles preach. And here is, they say, uh, up to 21. Depend, therefore, and turn back 
that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets uh, long ago. And in 10.42, in Acts 10.42, Same thing that is they are proclaiming. Acts 10.42 is here. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. So that's very clear in the preaching of uh, the apostles that at stake uh, in this, that the veracity, that the veracity of the apostles' teaching concerning the gospel of Christ, which includes his second coming here that we can see based on their being eyewitnesses. When, when Peter said, when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So they were eyewitnesses. The apostles were eyewitnesses, specifically in, in this uh, alluding to the transfiguration in the gospel, as we, as we will see later. Uh, this, is, uh, this is an allusion in the gospels of the transfiguration of the Lord Jesus Christ, that Peter can say that, that he is an eyewitness. You know, who, who are the three in the transfiguration? Peter, James, and John. That they witnessed the transfiguration of the Lord Jesus Christ, of his majesty. So Peter is not just content in simply denying, in simply to deny that the apostles' teachings about Christ's return was built on milk, on meat. But he asserts positively that the teaching that that what he what he teaches, uh, in what he teaches and preaches, is the direct is a direct product of an eyewitness, and that's uh, the weight. Yun yung weight. Yun yung weight ng ng veracity, ng truth, ng gospel, yung truth, ng resurrection. That these people, these believers. As we can see in the in the last chapter of the Gospels, in the earlier chapter of Acts, they were eyewitnesses to all these things. This is where the foundation, this is where the veracity of the truth lies. It is not on their on their wit, it is not on their intelligence, it is based on being an eyewitness that they have seen that this uh this uh, the works of the Lord Jesus Christ, the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were eyewitness. They have seen with their two eyes. And that is the foundation of truth. As an eyewitness, they have seen these things. So Peter can claim, Peter can claim with others that they have, they have uh, seen the Lord Jesus Christ's majesty dun sa, sa, sa text that when they 
when they let's go back to second peter sabi niya sabi ni peter peter said uh, we were but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty we were eyewitnesses of his majesty that we, meaning the apostles, him and the apostles were eyewitnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ's majesty. With what? In his resurrect, in his transfiguration. This is alluding to the transfiguration, uh, transfiguration. in verse 17. For, for when he received honor and glory from the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well uh, pleased. This is what he is witnessing, that he, he seen, he is an eyewitness of the Lord Jesus Christ's majesty in the transfiguration in verse 17. He is referring, he is alluding to the transfiguration as we, as we see uh, in the gospel that uh, that this uh, majestic uh, transfiguration if you remember in in Matthew 17 and in other portions of uh, the gospel where the lord's transfigured with bright shining light and uh, along with the lord jesus christ moses was there uh, elijah was there and peter peter saying let, uh, let us build tent for you, uh, Moses and Elijah and the Lord Jesus Christ. And suddenly the voice from heaven came, rebutting, rebutting uh, Peter, rebuking Peter. And the voice they heard saying, this is my son whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That is what Peter is referring. That is recorded in uh, the gospel, the synoptic gospel, that uh, that that uh, transfiguration is what the 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 theologian called the narratio, or the part of uh, the rhetorical argument in which Peter is uh, writing a narrative account of what happened in the past and explain the nature of the case. This uh, transfiguration is uh, a certain thing that happened and that Peter was an eyewitness to this thing. That the transfiguration proves that Christ received honor and glory from God the Father. When he said there, no, that he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory. They have heard. They are not only, they are not only uh, eyewitness, but they hear. They heard. They heard audibly the voice from heaven, from God Himself, from the Father, saying, "This, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased." Now that honor, that honor refers to Jesus uh, in his exalted state. That, that honor from the Father 
exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. And glory refers to his uh, splendid uh, brightness in appearance uh, as the sun. No? It's nakakasilaw na naliwanag. You can really be blinded by the transfiguration of the Lord Jesus Christ. These words, these two words, uh, they call, they combine is in the Addis, uh, which means a figure of speech used for emphasis of the substitution of conjunction for subordination. The basic idea is to use the two words linked together with the conjunction and so the one modifies the other. So the nature is the honor and exalted state and the glory, majestic glory of the Lord Jesus Christ that we can see in the transfiguration. Now, if we will go to, to that transfiguration where I will not, uh, I will not uh, refer to that, we will see what why why this uh, majestic glory that is peter is referring to why what what's 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 the what's the fuss in the in the transfiguration what is this all about now when we see the the when we see the the transfiguration if you will recall if you will recall the transfiguration you see that the lord jesus christ his face was changed in look Chapter 9, verse 29. Luke 29, verse 29. Uh, let's see that. Luke 29. Luke 9, 29, sorry. Luke 9, 29. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. He was praying. As he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered. Nagbago yung kanyang mukha. His face shine, shone. So, and shining like the sun, Matthew 17, 2. It's like the sun. Now, Jesus shining reminds us how the face of Moses in the giving of uh, the law. Do you remember that? When, uh, Moses, when Moses went to Mount Sinai and after the Lord given him the two tablets of stone, and we, uh, he went down to meet the Israelites who are already in the in the in idolatry, in uh, worshiping the the golden calf. They have seen the face of Moses, the the face of Moses shining. You can see that in Exodus, uh, I think Exodus thirty four, in the giving of uh, the Decalogue. You can see that clearly in. Uh, in, in the old uh, covenant, in the giving of the law, where Moses' face uh, uh, shine, and in that in the trans, in the transfiguration, in the transfiguration, you can see there Moses is there, and Elijah is there. Who is the most prominent figure in the Old Testament? Moses. Moses is 
the mediator of the old covenant. The law is representing the law. And Elijah as the most prominent figure of among the prophets. So here you can see Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets is being represented. And here is the Lord Jesus Christ, where Peter said, let us do, let us make tent for you, for Moses and for you. But he was rebutted by rebuke by God the Father. Listen to him. And this is where the difference between the Lord Jesus Christ representing the new covenant with Moses representing the old covenant. They were both mediators of the covenants. One is with the old and the other with the new. And unlike, unlike Moses' face, unlike Moses' face, it's only reflected the glory of God according to DJ Mo, but Christ's face shone with glory that was intrinsic to him as both Messiah and God. Now, this reflects the glory of the new covenant in the face of Jesus Christ. The glory of the face of the Lord Jesus Christ reflects in the new covenant is very clear in 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 7. As we can read that, uh, we can see that 2 Corinthians 3. Seven following, we can see in verse 7, Now if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what had glory, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses. So here, uh, Paul is saying the superiority of the new covenant that surpasses by their respective uh, mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, far outshines the, the face or the glory of the face of Moses, reflecting the new covenant, that it surpasses that glory that in the old covenant, that according to verse 8, that fades away. It fades away. The old covenant is already fast. It's passé because of Christ's greater glory. It's very clear in this text that I have read that Christ is preeminent, is, is uh, superior to Moses as declared by, by the writers in Hebrews, if we will uh, go to that. And that Christ's exalted status as manifested in the transfiguration is with the, the accompanying signs and voice from heaven. 
Now, the elements of the high mountain there that clouded them or enveloped them in Mark 9:7 is pointing to pointing to to the manifestation of God in the Old Testament. Makikita natin yon is something like uh, a theophany, yung manifestation of God. Yung if we will read that, yung angel of God, that angel of God, singular angel of God that manifest of God that is uh, in the context of uh, the high mountain or the sacred mountain. That's why Peter can say that uh, in this, uh, this testimony in the second Peter, uh, in, his, in his testimony in second Peter uh, 1, 16, 17, that he can say that, uh, uh, we we ourselves have heard this very voice from heaven when we were with him in the on the holy mountain. Now this holy mountain is uh, not clear, but most probably this holy mountain refers to in the Old Testament that when he when when Peter heard this audible audible voice and they said that they were with him on the holy mountain is. Uh, that voice, that voice from the majestic glory that proclaims Jesus uh, is God's son from the father himself. When he said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. That, that, that alludes most probably that, uh, that Peter is saying there, yung kanyang sinasabi dun, that the, they were with the Lord Jesus Christ in that transfiguration in that holy mountain is referring to as uh, contrast with Moses in the Mount Sinai when the glory of God reflected in his face. But here in the Lord Jesus Christ reflected in his face in the mountain, in the sacred mountain is not Mount Sinai. It is Mount Zion in Psalms 2.7. In Psalms 2.7, we can see that I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. And let's uh, open that portion. Uh, Psalms, Psalms 2, 7. I'm sorry. Uh, Verse 6, sorry, verse 6. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. That is what he's saying here. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. This is most probably the reference to that uh, mountain or hill that is alluding to. Although it's not written here. In the Peter, it's allusion or uh, typifies in this uh, or uh, uh, fulfilling this this prophecy in the Psalms to the Messiah. As you can see, that the Lord said to my said to me, "You are my son. Today I have begotten you." This is a, a messianic psalm that is referring to by by 
by the author, I think this is David, that is this is referring to messianic song that refers to the Messiah that he has set, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. So the transfiguration, the transfiguration of Jesus is the the prima passi. Yung prima passi yung ginagamit yan sa 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 hukom no o sa mga legal term yan, eh. prima passi evidence. The transfiguration of Jesus is the prima passi evidence of the parusha. And that is the backdrop of the argument of Peter. That transfiguration was the argument itself for the second coming of Jesus. Now, if we see the account in the Gospels, as I have noted, in Matthew, in Mark, and Luke, most probably most um, marami yung uh, plenty of uh, citation or the words of Peter uh, came from Matthew, came from Matthew, according to scholars, came from Matthew, but also in the other, uh, you know, the redacted uh, version of Matthew, uh, where Peter, where Peter mostly alluding to. Now, why is it that when we say that transfiguration was the argument itself. Yung kanina yung narasyo, they, they were referring to that event, that account of, uh, that account of, uh, of uh, Jesus' transfiguration. This is the argument itself for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if we will see that the transfiguration, his clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. According to Mark, 9.3, Matthew 17.2, Luke 9.29. It became dazzling white. It symbolizes purity and victory. And it's almost always associated that, that uh, dazzling white associated with the coming in the Old Testament with the coming of the Messiah, in the coming of the Messiah. Now, there are people who believe this, you know, this coming this coming is referring to his uh, first coming. But uh, context will disprove that based on the narrative of the gospel that that is not referring to his first coming. That uh, coming is used in, in most of the cases in, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament referring to his parousia, his second coming, his return. His return. Now, some people who are saying in the in the in the history of the church that that uh, the text refers to the the transfiguration uh, why the, I mean why why is the transfiguration and not his resurrection or his ascension contains the certainty of his return as the angel said in Acts 9:11 na Acts 9:11 Kung titignan natin yung sinabi ni ng angel doon sa Acts 9, Acts uh, 1.9.11. Acts 
Ito yung sabi yung sa ascension ng Panginoong Isus when He ascended. And when He had said these things, the Lord Jesus Christ, And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go to heaven. So he will come back. In the same way he was taken up from you, will come in the same way as you saw him go to heaven. He will come back visibly. The Lord will come back visibly as pertaining to, to that time when he ascended into heaven after his resurrection. So why is it that resurrection or the ascension is not the one that confirmed his uh, second coming? Uh, as opposed to the transfiguration. I believe it's based on the context of the narrative of uh, the gospel that you can, that we can see that transfiguration of the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, connected, interconnected with his uh, parusha, his second coming. That is the most, uh, that is the most, uh, plausible explanation is in the context of the narrative in the uh, in the synoptic gospel. Dun mo makikita yon that Peter is saying about the transfiguration as the certainty that Jesus Christ would come back again. Now, kung titingnan natin yung preface sa transfiguration, the preface to the transfiguration in the account in the gospels where Jesus uh, prophesy. Kunting natin sa Matthew 17.1, let us open there. Matthew 17.1, makikita natin dito yung preface ng sinasabi ni Lord na He's uh, prophesying uh, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up in a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. I think that's, uh, that's in other verse that I'm saying. Uh, in Mark 9.1, Mark 9.1, uh, Mark 9.1, let's open there. Mark 9.1, to, at saka sa Luke. Uh, Mark 9.1, and he said to them, Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until, until they see the kingdom of God after it has come with power. Now, this is a prophecy that Jesus is uh, saying, that is prophesying, that some of the apostles, even in Luke 9.27, Luke 9.27, let's open, Luke 9.27, Luke 9.27,
But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. So what is that? What does that mean? The kingdom, the kingdom of God has not yet fulfilled or has not yet come in this uh, verse 27. But Jesus is saying there will be some who stands here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Meaning he is prophesying that some of the apostles will see the kingdom of God before they die. Is that clear? Nakikita ba natin yun? That, that, that Jesus is saying they, that there will be, there will be uh, people, there, the, some standing here who are the apostles, they will see before they die, they will have a foretaste of the kingdom of God. And what is that? When they saw after this, that transfiguration. That verse in 26, in 28. Now, about eight days after the saying, that uh, transfiguration happens. That the most, the most natural interpretation is that that prediction, that prophecy is fulfilled in the transfiguration. When only a few of the apostles, Peter, James, and John, saw Jesus' glory, majestic and intrinsic glory. They have seen the coming, the Lord, the the, the foretaste of uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ would come. They have seen the foretaste of the glory of Christ when he will come back again. That glory that came from the Father. That glory that uh, when we read the revelation, you can see that, that he is dazzling in white clothes like a sun that you will be blind when you see. That is very clear here. As per the context that these three apostles, namely Peter, James, and John, they have uh, seen, they have the foretaste of the glory of the coming uh, uh, Messiah when he comes back again to uh, or, uh, to culminate all things and establish the new heaven and the new earth. Now that glory is referring to the parusha. Most frequently in the Synoptic Gospels is always referring to the Parusha. So, uh, as its name suggests, the transfiguration involves a transformation in Jesus' appearance. But it is a transformation that reveals his true nature. It is this glorious and majestic nature Hidden, at the, hidden as it were during his earthly life that will be revealed to all the world at the time of his return. That transfiguration reveals Jesus as the glorious king and Peter was there to see it in the transfiguration. As a foretaste, he therefore has utter confidence that Jesus will return as the glorious king and establish his kingdom in its final and ultimate form. This is from uh, Douglas Moe in the 
second feature in Jude NIB application commentary. That transfiguration reveals the glory, the final glory of the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes back again to establish his rule on the earth and to culminate all things and to judge all people, uh, dead, uh, the living and the dead, in the final judgment that will culminate, that will that we will see establishing the new heaven and the new earth. Now, there are two more points that I want to highlight here that uh, as we finish this uh this exposition. For number five, the five uh, points in the text is that, as we see here, let's go back there. Uh, let's go back to Second Peter. When he said, uh, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Yan yung uh, 19 to 21. That speaks of the, the reliability and the certainty of the Old Testament prophecies concerning the parusha is made more certain by the transfiguration that is the link to verse uh, 16 to 18 that that transfiguration uh, proves or made more certain as as the text said makes more certain that the reliability and certainty of the old testament prophecies concerning the king concerning the lord jesus christ concerning the messiah the messiah who would come back again and will establish his kingdom. Not only Peter, James, and John testifying to the majestic glory of Christ in his transfiguration, but also the Old Testament prophets testifying of the glorious appearance of, Je of Jesus to culminate all, all things. Now, yung widon is most probably the reader is not to the, not to the apostles as in verse uh, uh, 16, uh, verse uh, uh, verse uh, verse 19 and we we have the prophetic word no? that is more likely referring to not to the apostles but to his hearers Peter plus the hearers he is speaking to them because of the context that says you will do well to which you will do well to pay attention to the lamp, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and morning. Now, that is the meaning of made more sure. That is stable, that is firm and steadfast and fixed that the certainty of the, pro the prophecies, the Old Testament prophecies made more sure by this transfiguration. It doesn't mean that the Old Testament is uh, 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 inferior to that transfiguration, but it made more sure when they, when the transfiguration account 
uh, uh, happen. Happen. That it made more sure of uh, the, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I will, uh, I will uh, stop there. I will not uh, exegete this uh, later. We know this verse 20 to 21 is of, uh, we call that the uh, inspiration of the scripture that he said, knowing this first of all that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation or no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And this is the this is the, the doctrine that the Holy Scripture was uh, written by men who were moved by the Holy Spirit, not by the but not by their will, that whatever they said, they said it, they speak from God. That is the divine inspiration of the Holy Scripture that they they did not invent these things, although they speak, apostles speak, the apostle, uh, the Lord uses their personality and their words to speak whatever God intended them to speak. That no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. So I will not deal with the intricacies of this uh, verse 2021, but uh, I'm most uh, uh, interested in... Uh, that later portion of the verse that that transfiguration account is an anticipation of Christ's ultimate kingdom glory that shows the prophets at this point at least must be taken with full literal force according again to, to DJ Mo that even more confident of their fulfillment. We are more confident of the full of the fulfillment of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ by this transfiguration that uh, that uh, reinforce the Old Testament prophecies. Now, in the last portion, I would deal with the practical side of what Peter said to said to us as believers, said to the recipients that these believers are exhorted to pay attention to the certainty of the parousia. They were exhorted, as Peter said to them, that we have the prophetic word made fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention. To pay attention. I Peter. We need to pay attention to the to these prophecies, to this parousia, that this is a certain thing to happen. That the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the parousia, is a certain thing that will happen in the future. That we need to pay attention. That uh, uh, with certainty that this will happen. That we need to pay close attention. We need to make it serious. We need to make it sober that this thing will happen in the future of his coming. That is the hope. That is 
when this uh, our paying attention is like to a lamp according to peter shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart that lamp is always a picture or uh, uh, analogy for the word of god or for the truth that uh, shine that we walk in dark place and we need a lamp to shine the dark place the light of the word of god the light of uh, the scripture the light of the lord jesus christ you know when he said to when he said in uh, john that i am the light of the world that he is the incarnate word and that to lamp to lamp to to that this lamp is shining in a dark place this is our constant uh, constant undertaking to 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 bring this lamp in a dark place now, this is our uh, anchor that we need to bring until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart until the day is quite clear here that which day is uh, referring to by peter until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts that day that day is the day of the lord the parusha until that day dawns until that day dawns until that Until that day dawns, the eschatological day, the, eschatolo the final day where Jesus Christ would come and the morning star rises in your hearts. Morning star refers to mostly in the Old Testament and even in, the, in Revelation is referring to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Morning star as referred to ordinarily the Venus, the planet Venus, but here it's more particular until the day dawn of Christ's coming and the morning star rises in your hearts. That's why it's it's a picture. It's a picture according to another commentary that it is a uh, it's a pictorial, uh, pictorial description of the way in which at his coming Christ will dissipate the doubt and the uncertainty by which believers, by which hearts are meanwhile beclouded and will fill them with a marvelous illumination. And see also in the Second Peter Jude NIB application Bible by DJ Mo. So that that concludes my exposition of this great assurance and certain by the apostolic witness eyewitness account of the transfiguration as prefiguring or we can say proleptically uh, of the second coming of the Parusha. It's a proleptic uh, uh, truth of Jesus coming to establish his kingdom. 
that will culminate all things and a forever believer forever will be with him in eternity so as i end this i i have a application that pertains to this uh, uh, this exposition number 1 as we can as we have seen in the in the narrative of transfiguration the new covenant is made more glorious compared to the old covenant because of the Christ's glorious face shines brighter than Moses' face. The new covenant is the eternal covenant that was ushered by the Lord Jesus Christ's blood on the cross. That's clear in the Hebrews. If we can see that, we can see that in Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 13, I believe, uh, that's what... Uh, let's see there. Verse 20, Hebrews 13, verse 20. Here is uh, where the new covenant is clearly the eternal covenant that was uh, planned beforehand, that God planned beforehand to take place, to be cut in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. When he said, when uh, the writer to the Hebrews says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the ship, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. You see that sandwich of the covenant, the new covenant, the blood of the eternal covenant referring to the Lord Jesus Christ in the context of Hebrews 8, 9 is the new covenant. The new covenant is the eternal covenant that was planned in eternity by God and culminates in the gospel, in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and that equip us with everything good, with sanctification, with everything good that you may do His will, sanctifying us, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. So that is clear in the in the in the transfiguration. And number two, the importance of studying eschatology. Importance of studying eschatology. So some people have uh, this notion that eschatology is very difficult to to study, or you're dealing with uh, eschatological views. Yung mga yung mga differences ng mga well-meaning Christians when it comes to the details of uh, eschatology. Yung mga eschatological views na nagdi-differ sa bawat Kristiano. Kung ganon yung cutting backdrop. That is not, for me, that is not a hill to die for. That even though we may differ in the details of, uh, of the end or the eschaton, when, when, when will be the, the exact time that the Lord Jesus Christ will come, that is not the prime, hindi yun dapat yung prime importance atin. We can agree to disagree 
with that disagreement with other believers. But the studying of eschatology is the backdrop. I think I've said that in the introduction. It's a backdrop to understand the nature of uh, God's revelation, divine revelation. That in its progress, yung progress niya from old creation to the new creation in Christ and to its eschatological fulfillment in the parusha, in the new heavens and the new earth. Yung flow ng divine revelation, yung flow ng biblical re revelation in historical uh, bringing of this truths, this revelation, until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we should uh, uh, give importance that we know as this backdrop, this eschatological uh, nature of biblical revelation is what we need to study. And we may differ with other believers at, as to the, the exact uh, timing as to when is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ before or after this. I will not deal with that detail. But the certainty, the certainty of Jesus coming that we all agree that this is part of the gospel, that Jesus Christ would come literally. We will see him coming in the clouds of heaven just like when he ascended, that Jesus Christ will come again, literally, to judge the living and the dead. Number three, this is most important. This is the, 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 the primordial importance of studying eschatology is the blessed hope, the certainty of the blessed hope of the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ gives us, believer, the disposition to the believer that we should live in the light of the end. That we should, uh, that we should see our lives here, our lives here in this earth are but temporary. And transitory that what when we study eschatology when we study the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ it gives us the blessed hope that Jesus Christ would come and that all our sufferings all our uh, difficulties in this life will soon come to an end as Revelation said there will be no more tears that we will be uh, with God dwelling in us, that's that's the most important part that that uh, speaks to our heart. The disposition that we should live in the light of the end, that we should live in the light of the end, as Revelation states in the last chapter of Revelation, Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. And we should also aim in our hearts. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. That we might be, Christians might be in uh, glory. So that ends my uh, exposition of this uh, chapter of uh, Second Peter.
verse chapter 1 verse 16 uh, to 20 uh, hopefully uh, this has been helpful for us in understanding this uh, portion of the scripture now we will go to uh, the q a or discussion if you want to if you want to participate in this uh, endeavor in this uh, q a you want to ask questions you want to ask uh, you want to comment you can do so and if you want to ask uh, live Madeline, just uh, uh, check this click this Yeah, click nyo lang to. And you can ask questions with regards to that. Yeah, so Facebook and YouTube. So I'll just, uh, just read this comment. John, John Client, Ashan Renice. Hopefully, Dungeon Kapa. Thank you for for watching. Nagahard siya. Thank you, John. John Client, Aklan, Renice, uh, for watching. If you have questions, you can uh, ask here. Thank you for watching. And thank you for those who are watching up to this time and who have liked it, liked uh, this. Uh, Ruel Belita. Chris, Chris Bayon, X, X, Chris, Nicole, Kizon, Karen Pineda, Enriqueto, Alejo, Aleje Sabio, thank you, Quits, Pagalinka, and sa Facebook, John Client, o kanina, and Leonard. So, kung wala na kayong questions, I will, uh, and this uh, to uh, give around 30 minutes wala na question to to end this uh, podcast lana comments So, so, kung walang questions, uh, hopefully that this uh, exposition of uh, God's Word has been helpful to you. And uh, it will encourage to study and uh, pay attention to the certainty of the Lord Jesus Christ coming back again to culminate all things and to establish his kingdom. Thank you very much for watching, all our viewers. Uh, if you have not subscribed or follow us in YouTube and Facebook, please do. Please uh, follow us in, in Facebook or like and subscribe to our youtube channel for if you want to watch past episode of this uh, podcast you can do so 
to support us in this uh, endeavor in exegeting uh, the scriptures. So thank you very much for watching to all our viewers. Thank you very much for watching. Have a pleasant uh, night. Evening to all of you. Uh, Rudy is saying bye-bye. Uh, See you for the next episode of uh, The New and Living Way. purpose of God as it culminates and fulfilled the Lord Jesus Christ in the new covenant.